everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 113 of the Real Life Runners podcast. There's a famous running quote by Ronald Rook that says, I don't run to add more years to my life. I run to add more life to my years. So do you run to live or live to run? A little play on words that we're going to talk about today. This is the Real Life Runners podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So back when I was in high school, there was a a shirt popular among the uh, obnoxious high school running kids um, (laughs) that said, don't run to live, live to run. And it was like making fun of like people who ran just to go out and be healthy and like they would go out and jog. Mm -hmm. It was like, no, don't do that. You should live to run. Yeah. And then my neighbors got a car and their license plate said, run to live. And it was like, uh, you, you put the wrong thing onto your car. It's, it's backwards. But the more miles I run, the more life I live, the more I think that they, they might have it in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And that it's not, that you're not choosing. You don't have to choose run to live or live to run. You can, in fact, have both. Well, I think that both kind of just go hand in hand together. Like you do run to live and then you also live to run because of what running can become to you. Right. Like running can become such a big part of your life that you then live to run. Not necessarily so much that it, it's like obsessive, but you, you, you live and you, you, get, you get life out of going for the run too. Right. So let's talk about all this today. And, and you know what? Like there are a lot of really obnoxious cross-country shirts, by the way. Oh, like, tons of them. It's crazy. Like sometimes I look at these cross-country shirts and I'm like, why would their coach allow that? <laughs> like, <laughs> really? Like, but anyway, that's, that's another aside. We should see tons of them this weekend. There was like a Ricky Bobby quote on like one of the, the shirts that that I saw last weekend. And I'm like, really? You're going to quote Ricky Bobby from Will Ferrell's character in the movie? Yep. I mean, I never saw the movie, so maybe he's got a worthwhile quote, but somehow I don't think so. I mean, so. It, it's something effective second place is the first loser. No, but I yeah. The I, think it, I think the line was like, if you're not in first, then you're in last or yeah. something like that. Yeah, if you're that. not first, you're last. That's the line. Something like that. All right. So let's talk about this whole chicken and the egg debate. Yes. So there's a bunch of runners, a lot of runners that get into running to try to get healthier, to try to lose weight, to begin an exercise program, whatever it is, that's that's the motivating factor to start running. Yeah, they run so that they can live longer and healthier lives, especially people that get into running later in life. I know I think that this is definitely one of the main reasons like, oh, my doctor told me that my cholesterol is high or my blood pressure is high and I have to start exercising. So they start running because running has a pretty low barrier of entry. Like you still, you start going out for a walk and then soon walking kind of gets boring and you're like, well, what if I started to jog a little bit here? You know, so people kind of naturally get into running um, at that point in time for those reasons, I think. Yeah, the, the low barrier entry is a good one. Like you don't have to join a gym to yeah. go for a run. You right. don't have to sign up for a class and be like around other people. Mm-hmm. Like you can hide and do all of your running solo. Yeah, there was a good movie that had just come out this like a couple months ago called Britney Runs a Marathon. Yeah. And that's kind of the the point. Like she was she was younger. Um, she was like in her 20s, and like I think her late 20s. And, and she just was like partying all the time and staying out really late and like living the New York City party lifestyle. And like she went to the doctor one day because like she needed a break on her health insurance or something. So she had to go get like a physical done. And her doctor was basically telling her how unhealthy she was. And so that was kind of what she did. She kind of just like laced up and was like, all right, I'm just going to make it one block. Like I'm now I'm just going to make 
make it two blocks. Like, and mm-hmm. it was just because like that she had, she had a pair of shoes. Like she didn't want, like she went to the gym to, um, it was actually a pretty, a f- pretty funny scene. She went to the gym to like check out their membership options. Of course. And he told her how much it was. And she was like, wait, what? Like she goes, you, you know, I could go outside and just like run down the street for free. And he's like, yeah, you could, yeah, you, you know? Could. So then that's, you know, so that's what she decided to do. Nice. So a lot of people, they get in and they're, they're running so they can live longer and then running transforms their life. Like in Britney Runs a Marathon. There you go. <laughs> this is our ad for Britney Runs a Marathon. <laughs> it was a cute movie. I mean, it's not winning any awards, but it was a cute movie. So yeah, but you know, people, once they start getting into running, if they really buy in, they do realize how much running really can transform their life because especially once they start to like run a race. I think that's really when people start to realize the impact that running can have. Well, then it becomes something besides just what you have to do because your doctor told you to. Right. It's not exercise for exercise sake. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the obnoxious t-shirt. Don't don't run to live. Like your only point of running should not simply be to go out there because your doctor told you or because you need to lose a few pounds. Maybe it's a thing that inspires you to start. But at some point, it kind of starts flipping because running makes this impact on your life and you become a different person. You start Mm -hmm. finding joy in the run itself. It's not this thing you have to do. It's something that you actually start looking forward to doing. Right. And that's when I think that shift starts to happen. Like for that shift, when people start saying like, oh, I'm not a runner. I just, I just run because I have to, like I run (laughs) to stay in shape. Like and into them actually stepping into that role and that identity as runner like and then actually allowing it to transform their life and then by living that running lifestyle then that starts to transform their running on the other hand because then they start to question like what am I really capable of like what how far can I go with this? Like it's, it goes from like, Oh, maybe I'll just walk a 5k or run, walk a 5k to, Oh, maybe I should run a a 10k. And then could I actually complete a half marathon? Like you start kind of being more curious about where you could go with it. it. You start kind of taking care of yourself in other ways besides just running. Like if you go out there and you're like, okay, well, I'm, I need to lose some weight, so I'm going to go out for a run. And then you realize that running actually feels better if you have better running shoes and if you ate an appropriate lunch. Like you didn't just have, you know, the, the drive through for lunch because that doesn't number on your stomach when you try and go for a run that afternoon. Yeah. So then you start doing that and now you've got these other aspects of your life that you're taking care of. You're like, I should probably go to bed at a reasonable hour so that I can actually have some energy when I need to go to run. And now you've transformed your life, which is then having more positive impact impacts on your running, and it just keeps the cycle going. Right, in a positive way. Very much. Like, sometimes people can find themselves in a negative cycle, like when they get into, like, the injury cycle or something like that, but this positive cycle is such an amazing thing. Like, when you just start the ball rolling, when you just pick one thing to, to change, pick one habit to change, how that can lead to so many better choices in other areas. But before we get too far down the the positive spiral here, let's go back a little bit to the beginning. Of, <laughs> Don't get too positive yet. Well, it's it's still very positive, <laughs> but some people I think they they struggle right off the bat yeah. because they they put their focus on the wrong thing. What do you mean? They they don't 
they say, well, I have to get to this point before I can be a runner. You know, they, they put some sort of uh, essentially limits on themselves or I've got to check these boxes off before I can be a runner, before I can gain the benefits of being a runner. And there's not really a whole lot of boxes that you need to check off to be a runner. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, run. So if you start running, you've now made it to the title of running, but people have put runner like up on a pedestal and well, once I accomplish this, this, and this, then I can be a runner Mm -hmm. and it just keeps being more things they add to it. Like, okay, well, yeah, I did a 5k, but not really a runner because I I walked a part of it in the middle or I ran the whole thing, but it was only a 5k and it just keeps pushing off the, I'm not yet a runner for a little while. So the positive cycle can't really get going. Right. Yeah, I think that a lot of people fall into this trap of, you know, not wanting to accept the identity of runner before a certain time period, or they feel like there's some sort of qualifications that they have to do um, in order to call themselves a runner when, like you said, there really is no qualifications. And what we would argue, like, that this might seem counterintuitive to some people and a little backwards, like, our whole idea is that you must become a runner. You must say that you are a runner before you can actually do the things that runners do because you must first take on that identity. You must first become a runner in order to then do the things that runners do. Right. It's a, it's a very chicken and egg kind of thing right. of how could you ever go out and run if you're not a runner? Well, because a lot of people think that they need to do that first. Like in order to become a runner, you have to run first. Like you have to do the things that runners do and then that will make you into a runner. And we are kind of arguing the opposite. Like we are arguing, no, you first have to call yourself a runner. And then once you give yourself that identity – you will do the things that runners do because once we take on an identity as human beings, we must live in alignment with that identity. We must live in integrity with that identity because if we say that we are something, then we need to actually be that thing. Right. So you start with the statement, I am a runner and that that's why you need to get out the door and go running because yeah. you've already said it. You said, I'm a runner. Well, what, what do runners do? Lace them up and go. Right. Like that's, that's where it starts. It doesn't start with lace them up and go. And then after you've gone far enough, because who, who puts the limit on how far you have to go before you get the title? Right. Like just take the title and then go for a run. Right. It, it slides into all areas of life. One of the examples I put down here is that you can't actually parent a child unless you are a parent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some people can think that they know how to parent a child when they aren't actually a parent. Those are always fun. Those are super fun. I know I thought I was really good at parenting before we had kids. Oh, I know, right? When you would like go through the grocery store and you'd see that like kid throwing a tantrum on the the floor and you're like, well, when I'm a mom, my child will never behave that way. How dare that person not pick their child up if they're causing a scene. A ruckus? A ruckus. Can you describe the ruckus, sir? I mean, like, it's like my sister, too. You know, it's like she was the best. Like, when we had kids first and she didn't have a kid yet, and she'd be like, oh, you know, give me parenting advice. And I'm like, girl, you have no idea. You just wait. And then she had a kid, and oh, yes, (laughs) that child is giving her a run for her money. And she apologized for all the parenting (laughs) advice that she gave. Well, that's what you do, I think. You know, like, you do realize, like, once you become a parent, 
you realize how judgmental you were before you were a parent and how hard parenting actually is and how you're more than happy to, no, I mean, I shouldn't say more than happy, but you know, sometimes you're going to let your kid throw a fit on the floor because you're just not going to give in to whatever it is, you know, I mean, I would argue, I, even still at this point, I would pick up my child and, and take them out of the store, but still, like, you, you still can't give in to the child. No, and I'm not going to judge the parent who's made the choice of, I, you want to throw a tantrum in the middle of the aisle? Go for it. Yeah. Like, I'm not, it, are they breaking anything? No? Great. I want to move my cart around the kid and keep going. Yeah, and, and give them, like, one of those looks like, girl, I feel you. I'm sorry. I do that not stinks. ever say that in my head. Girl, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but like you do though, like you just, you, you can like, you, you already know that that parent is probably mortified that this child is doing this. Of course they but are. But they needed to, to teach the kid a lesson and they've decided that this is what's going to happen right then. And so that's what's going to happen, you know, and it's not an easy decision for any parent to make. But, no, but they've decided to make a stand right right now. Right, but that exactly proves our point is that you can't actually know how to parent. You can't actually be a parent until you are a parent. So the same thing goes for running. Like you can't actually be a runner until you are a runner. Right. And there's not certain things that you have to do to become a runner other than calling yourself a runner, assuming that identity of runner. And once you take on that identity and tell yourself that you're a runner, then you can start doing the things that runners do and, you know, making sure that your running is a priority in your life. You can start acting out of that priority, out of that value, out of that identity and reach goals in your running and in your life that you never even dreamed possible before right then you literally are changing your life in order to improve your running and improving your running to improve your life yes you know and you know just on a on a very broad thing it's hard to be successful at anything unless in your head you've already accepted that you are successful at that thing right you can't tell yourself oh i'm gonna i'm gonna fail i get kids doing this every day they come into the class and they're like oh man i'm gonna fail this test well yes of course you are you came in and announced to the room that you're going to fail the test before I handed it to you. Yeah. Like, that's not the way to start. You have to accept your success before you even take the test. Yeah. And I think that this is really hard for a lot of people and why this is very, like, backwards thinking in a lot of ways because – as human beings, I think that we set up these markers, these success markers, and we feel like once we achieve them, then we will have fill in the blank. You know, like once I do this thing, then I will feel successful. Then I will feel accomplished. Then I will feel good about myself, whatever that might be. And how many times have you said that or set those things for yourself and then you actually reach them and then you don't really feel that way you still don't feel that way like so maybe you know let's go back to running if you say you're going to set a goal to run a 5k and you run your 5k and maybe you're not happy with your time maybe you completed your 5k and that was your original goal but then you cross the line and you're like well I probably could have done that faster and but like are you now a runner you know like it has that 
completing that 5k now magically made you into a runner because you completed your first race no you totally are a runner at this point in time because you completed a race and are judging yourself for making mistakes along the way (laughs) that is such core runner identity it's a highlight of being a runner (laughs) but i mean you know obviously like if you completed a 5k in in most cases you probably trained for it like some people go out and do 5ks without training for it and that's cool but like in most cases you probably trained at least a little bit for it you probably it's probably not the first time you went out you went out to run. Um, so weren't you a runner then? Like when you were training for that 5k, like when you were running a couple of times a week to train for that 5k, weren't you a runner? Like you were, you just hadn't yet accepted that identity. Right. You know, I mean, this is, it kind of falls in the idea of people who like run race after race, trying to collect medals. Mm. Like, there's a reason why you keep getting the next medal and the next medal and the next medal because the first one didn't prove enough to you. So you went for another one. Now, some people just like awesome some people medals. Some just like them. And that that's fantastic. Yeah. Find the medals that like spin in the middle of it. Yeah, and they those like are to super decorate cool. their walls with them. Right. But if you go back to the beginning, like that first medal, you needed the medal to say, okay, I'm a runner. And then you needed a medal from a longer race. And then you needed a medal for a longer race. And most people, once they've got a few stacked up on the wall there on you know whatever beautiful metal hanger they've got going they've moved past that they've probably accepted that they are a runner now they're just chasing more and more medals that are Mm -hmm. cooler and cooler looking but at the beginning it might have been sort of like well that that medal's okay but i need one from a longer race or Mm -hmm. i need one where i ran a faster time or that race doesn't really count because people put all these qualifiers on it right and so you know we're here to basically tell you that there are no qualifications to become a runner other than calling yourself a runner and then doing the things that runners do, like taking the actions that then come out of that identity. And that's basically one of the the core tenets and beliefs that we have in our new Real Life Runners Training Academy. I'm going to go ahead and put a shameless plug right right here in the middle of the episode for it. It was a good transition. Thank you. Um, So for those of you who may not yet have heard, we are launching a revolutionary new program, our Real Life Runners Training Academy, that will teach you everything you need to know to become a better runner. And it starts with mindset. It starts with that identity. It starts with accepting yourself as a real life runner like and and we we picked the name real life runner for a lot of different reasons we we originally picked it because you know you are a runner in real life and you need running to fit into your real life and become a part of your real life and that you have these other obligations and things going on that affect you as a runner Um, but we also Kevin likes to point out the other way that you can put emphasis on the name real life runner well yeah you can you can accent the word life. You can be a real life runner. Right. Like you can, you are a person who is really running your life. Right. Like, and, and by spinning it that direction, it, it's very much what we're talking about in this episode of you, you run for the sake of, of living yeah. like that, that builds and creates a greater life for you because you've taken charge of running and that allowed you to take charge of your life in entire. Right. So we are super excited for this program. Like this program is going to teach you everything you need to know and it's going to be awesome and we've also come up with this brand new thing called the the choose your own running adventure um assessment which is kind of we you know from the the books when we were kids the choose your own adventure books which i read like a thousand of right and you like got to the end of one page and it's like if you want to do this go to this page and if you want to do this go to this page and so we're kind of creating um a basic like questionnaire and assessment so to find out where you are currently in your running journey and where you want to go next. And so, and then 
taking that information and matching you up to a plan that's right for you. Like whether or not you want to run three days a week, four days a week, five days a week. Do you want to do one speed workout, two speed workouts? Like there's a lot of different variables that can go into a training plan and make it what's right for you um, based on your experience, your goals, and what you want to get out of it. So um, this is the program that we're launching. We're looking for 20 founding members right now. We are going to limit enrollment to 20 people because we want to work very closely with them so that we can really make this program what it can be and everything that it's, you know, the potential that it has here. So if you are interested in becoming one of our founding members, you can check out more information on the website rlrtrainingacademy.com or you can just go over to our regular website realliferunners.com and sign up to be on the wait list there um, be, and then you'll be the first to know when our doors open um, next week so that like because like I said we're only accepting a very small number of members so if you are interested get your name on that waiting list so that you can be the first to know and now back to the show <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it really relates to what you were just saying is how it's choose your own adventure because running takes you to amazing new places. Once you really buy in, running takes you to wherever you want it to go. Oh, the places you'll go. And this is, I'm writing the outline. I'm like, it's definitely, oh, the places you go, which you got me as a present. I did. Um, and, uh, for graduation. It, yes, yes, you did. And uh, it's a it's an awesome book. And it's always brought up for whatever level of graduation. It's like a classic graduation present because the book is phenomenal. It talks about how life has ups and downs. And we are talking about the Dr. Seuss book, yes. Yes, the Dr. <laughs> Seuss book that you got me for college graduation. Um, but it's, it's such a great book on any level because... It, it points out the, the ups and downs of life. Like the character in the book is super successful, except when they're not, when they like crash and burn. And then they're super successful again, and then they're not. And they're super successful. Like the success is coming. They always keep rising, but there's always these sort of bumps along right. the road. Yeah, like it, it points out how life is full of ups and downs, but that you will succeed as long as you keep moving forward. Like the only chance of failing is by stopping or never starting. And and the book is really great about that. And then there's the waiting place. Which is like the saddest, I think it's two pages in the book. I think it's only two pages. And the, the whole tone of the book, yeah. like the flow and the rhythm of the book just changes there. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's just stark and it's the waiting place which is the worst place that you could be according to dr seuss and I'd, I'd argue he's pretty spot on yeah because everyone there is just stuck like you just feel trapped in the waiting place like endlessly waiting for the perfect conditions and the permission to be successful right i think in in the book they're waiting for their aunt to allow them to go do something actually their aunt all right i gotta go find the book i'll be right back okay i'm back so they're not waiting for their aunt. All right, I was wrong. They're waiting for their Uncle Jake. Their Uncle Jake. So it says here, everyone is just waiting. Waiting for the fish to bite or waiting for wind to fly a kite or waiting around for Friday night or waiting perhaps for their Uncle Jake or a pot to boil or a better break or a string of pearls or a pair of pants or a wig with curls or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. No, that's not for you. Somehow you'll escape all that waiting and staying. You'll find the bright places where boom bands are playing. 
All right, so I was wrong. It's not their it's not their aunt. It's their uncle Jake. But the the line after that's even better. It's not that they're waiting for their uncle. It's that they're waiting for a better break. They're Ooh. waiting for another chance. And look at the next page with banner flip flapping. Once more, you'll ride high, ready for anything under the sky, ready because you're that kind of a guy. Now you're not even finding the greatest lines. I know these aren't the greatest lines, but that's the point. Is you're that kind of a guy? Right. You're you've got brains in your head and feet in your shoes, and you're the one who who is allowed to choose or whatever the line is something now that I've got to find that line but no but that's but the point is you're that kind of guy like that's the reason that you're not going to be stuck waiting that's the reason that you're going to succeed because that's who you are right i think it's 99 and three quarters guaranteed <laughs> is that it i'm pretty sure something to that effect <laughs> um but you know the the book is is really great kind of point of your entire life and 98 that, and three quarters percent oh man i gave him the extra percent <laughs> Kid, you'll move Kid, mountains. Kid, you'll move mountains. I used to love reading that one to Riley. Yeah. Um, but it 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 really is a good metaphor for life, but also for running because running is definitely not a smooth path. You're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have parts where it seems like you're not progressing. It seems like you've reached a plateau. Um, but running really is this journey as long as you continue along the journey. Like we said before, the only way that you can fail is to stop or to not start in the first place. Yeah. And it's also important to remember that it is a journey, but it's your journey. And since it's your journey, you're the one that gets to make the choices, but you also don't have to do it alone. Like you can ask for help and advice. You can find support. Like those things are available to you, but you are still the one that has to do the work. Like no one is going to do the work for you. No one can go out and run the miles for you. No one can force feed you healthy food. Like no one can do those things for you. Those are your choices and you're the one that gets to make them. Wouldn't it be convenient if you could just pay your personal trainer and they just go run and you get in shape? That would be cool. That would be neat. Yeah, I've told my patients this over and over again, though, let me tell you, because, you know, they come in with pain or whatnot, and I'm like, I can tell you everything that you can do, and it will help you if you do it, but I can't do it for you. You still have to be the one to do it. I can only tell you what, you know, the best things are for you to do. I was lecturing my chemistry class on that today. I'm like, I give you homework, you don't do it, then you watch me do the problems on the board, or you watch your classmates do the problem on the board, and you write down the answers, and you're like, look, I have all the right answers on my piece of paper. But you didn't put any of them there. Mm -hmm. Like, you need to do the work, or you're never going to be good at it. Right, exactly. Okay, so running is journey, and you get to make these choices of, you know, where you're going. You also get to figure out what the pace is. You get to figure out these destinations along the way. Like, do you want to go run a race? Go for it. Are you looking to increase your endurance? Run more miles. Are you looking to get stronger and build your strength? Then focus on the strength aspect and not so much on the endurance. You get to decide which directions you're going. Mm -hmm. The choices are completely yours. That's, that's the glory of this journey is it's your running journey. It's not somebody else's. You don't have to follow exactly what somebody else did or does. It's, it's your choice. You get to take the route you want. Ooh, that's a good point because I feel like a lot of runners do that. Like they look at other people and what they've done and just try to copy it. You know, just try to do the same thing that that person does because they want the body that that person has or they want the results that that person has. And so they say, oh, well, that worked for that person. So I should just do the same thing. And they 
forget to take into account that their life is completely different than that other person. Like they have a different schedule. They have a different work. They have different family life. They have like everything else is different. Like they might be the same age, maybe, you know, as the other person. Gender. Um, Gender. Yeah. Like my running friend does this. So I should do that too. Like, yeah, but does your running friend also do all the other things that you do? Like, or does, you know, do they have the same um, demands on their time that you do? Like, Everyone's life is so different. And so um, following someone else's path won't always get you to the same destination as that person. Like it could maybe be a good place to start, but you also have to be able to adjust along the way and know that it's okay to choose your own path. Like you can start down someone else's path just for guidance because maybe you don't know where else to go. Like, so I think that's a good point too. Like you might have a running buddy and and that's the person that got you into running or that you first started running with. And so you just kind of did whatever they did so that, because you didn't know any better. But at some point in time, maybe you start reevaluating and kind of saying like, is this the best for me? Like, should I be running all these miles or should I be running these paces or should I be doing something different or should I be adding in strength training or cross training or all these different things that um, can make your journey different than theirs? Right, and make your journey happier. Like, maybe their running is is great for them and maybe Mm -hmm. it wouldn't necessarily get you hurt. Maybe running whatever miles and paces is fine for you, but what if you changed it and you took control of your path, you found a path that fits you, I, I bet running could be a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, because, I mean, you're the one really that got me into running. And we follow a very different path. Very different path. Like, if I were to just follow what you did, like, I d- would not be successful. I would probably be injured. Like, my body type is different. My mileage is different. Obviously, my experience is different. Everything about me as a runner is different than you as a runner. And so if I were to follow your path, I know I wouldn't get the same results that you're getting. You also would not have the same enjoyment enjoyment that I have. I agree with that also. I very much enjoy the path that I'm on. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that I would ever suggest that you follow my path because it'd be like, how quickly can I make Angie hate running? (laughs) Why do you think I would hate it so much? I I have so many lengthy workouts where I stare at a blank wall on a treadmill. Like I've got the type of workouts that I enjoy are different than the type of workouts you enjoy. Mm -hmm. The type of workouts you enjoy drive me nuts. Like Like, the shorter speed stuff? Some of the shorter, really fast stuff. I'm just gasping for wind and like sometimes that's that's nice like I like to do it sometimes and put my body in that place and like really run right on the edge or beyond the edge knowing that I'm going to crack here because I am pushing well into the red zone you enjoy that experience a lot more than I do yeah and I also enjoy strength training a lot more than you do too because I like what strength training has done for my body as well like not only has it kept me basically injury free. Um, it, it's also shaped my body differently. Like when I just ran and didn't lift weights, I was in decent shape. Like I was, I would say I was in good shape, but I wasn't toned up and my body composition was not the same as it is now that I've added more weightlifting days. Right. You enjoy the strength training for what it does to your body. I strength train, I tolerate strength training because it keeps me from getting hurt. You like what the strength training does to my body too. I like the strength training for what it does to your (laughs) body also. (laughs) So, I mean, that's kind of our point is like we are on very different journeys and very different paths, but I started 
similar. I, I, I guess I never really started on your path. You just made me my, <laughs> you just made me my own path from the beginning. From the very beginning, <laughs> I knew that if I tried to get you on my path, that you would never actually get into running. So <laughs> I very quickly tried to figure out how can I make a path that will make you enjoy running. Because yeah. like, that's the point. Like if you're not enjoying it, you need to find a different path. Exactly. And that path can still include running. Like if if you're out there on a, essentially a daily grind and you've been doing it forever, you're you're just doing running to get healthy. Like you're just doing it because you think it's what you're supposed to do and it's drudgery every single day. Yeah. There's, there's a better way. Like it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to feel like that every day. Yeah. Running should still be fun. Like why else are you doing something? Like you shouldn't just be doing it just to be healthy. Like what Kevin is just saying, like there should be enjoyment in it. There should be joy. Like running should bring something to your life. But you have to allow it to do that. Like you can't, you have to change your mindset around running in order to allow that joy to come in. And that might mean changing things up a little bit. Like if, like Kevin said, if you don't enjoy those long, slow distance runs day after day after day, don't do that. You know, like (laughs) do something different. Like there's so many ways that you can be a runner. There's so many ways that you can change up your running routine. Like you can go to different places. Like that's, I mean, I love exploring new places on foot. Like running in the same spot over and over again some people love that some people that drive it drives them crazy you know so that could be something you could mix up where you're where you're running you could mix up what you're doing like you know with workouts and different intervals or effort-based training or pace-based workouts there's a lot of different things you can throw into the mix you can throw in cross training you can put in yoga you can put in strength training there's like so many things that you could add into your routine to make it work well for you so that you can really make your even bring your running to a higher level like there's some people that I've spoken to that used to run lots of miles and they would just ran you know miles after miles after miles and they were fine with it but then they started to kind of mix it up a little bit and now they're just having a lot more fun and they're actually getting faster because their body they're doing something different and anytime you introduce a new stimulus your body then has to adapt and make when you make those adaptations, a lot of times you make improvements. Well, yeah. I mean, there's definitely the, like the scientific side of it is you changed something in your, in your training and therefore you got better. Like there's, that's, that's clear, but simply having enjoyment in your training is also going to have improvement. Yeah. Like if you change just mentally and you are enjoying what you're doing, I would argue that's going to get you more positive results than mm-hmm. not enjoying what you're doing. Even if somehow it's the exact same runs, but you go into it with a different mind frame, you go into it with more excitement, you're going to get more positive results out of that mm-hmm. thing. And that's one of the reasons that we make the statement Becoming a real-life runner is the fastest, most effective way to transform your running, your health, and your life because you have to take on that identity and then things can transform from there. Like you have to become the real-life runner first and that's one of the things that sets us apart from everybody else out there coaching runners. Right. You take on the identity, you pick your path, and then you just keep moving forward on that path. Gain some lessons. If you want to change the path along the way, change the path along the way. Just don't don't stop. Don't get stuck. Just take a little detour if you want to take a detour. Yeah, exactly. So, Kevin, back to our starting question at the beginning of the episode. Do we live to run or run to live? Yes. (laughs) Yes. 
the answer to the either or question is is yes. Mm -hmm. Like that's ultimately what it comes down to is you don't have to decide. You don't have to pick one or the other. As you go into it and you take on the identity of real life runner, you in fact do both. You live to run. You you change your life so that it can improve your running and your running improves your life. Right. Because running changes our lives, but then changing our lives also changes us as runners. And this is the beauty of running and what running can do. Like, because to truly reach your limits as a runner, you have to test the limits of yourself as a person. Like, you have to challenge who you think you are and your beliefs about yourself. Because so many times in our life, we form these beliefs, right? And and these beliefs are based on past experiences. And so how many of us are actually acting out of past experiences and the beliefs that we have created from those past experiences and allowing that to um, affect who we are today, right? Affect the choices that we make today. Like, oh, well, I can't, I, I can't be a runner because I was overweight as a kid or because, you know, so-and-so told me that I could never do that. Like, you know, I mean, how many times, like, does some dumb coach say something to a kid when they're younger or a teacher? Like, a, a teacher makes a comment to a kid and that can affect the outcome of the rest of their life. Like, oh, my teacher told me I would never amount to anything. Like, yeah, My teacher told me I'm not good at math. Right. Like, and, and you let that one statement affect your choices for the rest of your life. Like, that is a little mind blowing when you think about it. Like, and we just that it happens without us even realizing it. And that's the that's what's so beautiful about running is that like, you start doing these things. And then all of a sudden, you start second guessing some of those beliefs. I know that that definitely happened in my journey, like I always called myself a slow full. First of all, I was never a runner. Right. Um, I first, I never, I definitely did not take on that identity for a long time. And then once I did, I added qualifiers. Like I, I'm a slow runner or like I'm, you know, I only run shorter distances or whatever it is. Like I always put some sort of qualifier on there. Like I'm not a runner like my husband. That was the thing is you had a, you had a tough entry because it was hard to not compare yourself to me. Yeah. So I, I only run short distances. Well, sure. But your husband was running a marathon. So mm-hmm. relative, yes, you run shorter distances. But, right. you know, if you go and much, and, much slower, <laughs> if you go out and you're consistently running like three, four, five miles, you're running a lot more miles than most people are yeah. running. Right. Right. And so, you know, that's how I started with those qualifiers. But then when I actually started to question what I was capable of and then running faster times, then I'm like, well, you know, what am I actually capable of? And then I I started questioning things about my running and then, well – if that belief is wrong, then what about these other beliefs that I have about who I am as a person, about what I'm doing for my job, about what path I want to live in my life, like how I want my financial life to be, how, like everything. Like it just it just leads to questioning of those beliefs and then you get to the point where you realize you have a choice in all of it. Like every single aspect of your life, you get to choose what you're going to do. Yeah, it's it's one of the lessons that's really good to teach 
to to the kids that we coach, you know, by the time they're seniors and they've done it for a long time, it's like, well, run so you can get faster. And by the time they're seniors, they've gained a little bit of maturity and the experience of running. It's like, well, no, think about all these things that you've gained over the past four years, the lessons that you've learned by testing yourself physically. And I mean, let's not kid ourselves. You get into a 5k race, that is a mental test mm-hmm. as well. So the physical and mental test that you have put yourself through and overcome as a runner, show you what is possible for you to overcome and succeed with as a as a person in, in any area of life. Mm-hmm. Whether when they're a senior, that's the last like race they run in a, in a while. I know we've had plenty of runners that sort of take a little break from running yeah. and then maybe they get back into it a few years later. Some of them, they just don't run as much. And and then I talked to some of them a few years later and there, there's an itch. Like you can, you can sense it. It's like, well... I, I enjoyed that part where I was pushing myself. I enjoyed seeing what I was capable of because seeing what I could do in that aspect of my life showed me what I could do in other areas of my life, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I don't I don't think it's a coincidence that we consistently have the highest GPA in the school, like, as a team, yeah. you know? Like, because it's just one of the things that running does. Like, running makes you more disciplined, and it allows you to believe that you are meant for more that you are capable of it if you put the work in and that's one of the beautiful things about running and this is one of the things that I was even talking to um, some of the parents at like our open house last week and they were like well my kid doesn't have any experience and I was like they don't have to like (laughs) as long as they're willing to come out and put in the work I go that's the beautiful thing about running is that it's going to give back what you put into it like if you if your son or daughter puts the work in they're going to get better they're going to get faster and they're going to be able to see how they're progressing yeah i mean that's that's the answer is your kid doesn't need experience none of you need experience to be a runner no one needs the the background to of running Mm -hmm. in order to be a runner you just need to try you need to say all right i'm a runner and then go out there and give it a shot and just keep getting better and better right because as real life runners we run so that we can feel alive and live happier and more satisfying lives. Like we take those lessons that we learn from running and apply them to life. And then we apply those less lessons that we learn from life and apply them to our running because the two are symbiotic. Yeah. So back when I was in high school and I, I did not have the shirt, but there were plenty of people that were rocking it. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of wanted one that sort of suggested that that running to live was purely like a a jogging and purely health-related thing. And that's not how I'm seeing it now. Like, run to live. Run to truly feel fully alive and satisfied with your life. Not just so that you can, you know, drop a pound or two, but run so that you can be alive. Like, that's why I enjoy the racing, whether the race goes well or not. And don't get me wrong, I'm in a happier mood when the race goes well. But <laughs> We all know that. Very much so. <laughs> but except, like, when you're in that, that run, to be right there on the edge, like, the thrill that that comes with racing, that thrill that comes with, can I push it? How long can I push at this level before my body rebels so much that I can't overcome? Like that's, that's an exciting thing. You get that in races, you get that in workouts. Um, there was another running quote I had cause I was trying to figure out who, uh, who said the quote the, of our first one of, uh, I don't run to add more years to my life. I run to add more life to my years. It's always attributed to Ronald Rook. Try and figure out who Ronald Rook is. Is that just like a pen name? 
I don't know. I tried for a little while to figure it out. And all you ever get when you search that name is simply that that quote is attributed to him. But you, but there's no information about who he about is. About who that person is. I can't find it. Really? Yeah. I would love, I would love for a listener to let us know who that is. All Someone right. try and figure out who this person actually is. All right. So I, if, I got nothing. If you've got extra time on your hands and you <laughs> want to do some research into who Ronald Rook is and email us, we would love to hear that. I really want to know an answer because I got nothing. You can find Kevin at Kevin at realliferunners.com. So if you have an answer, shoot him an email because we would love to, to know. And we'll share that next time on the podcast. Oh, of course. But there was one of the other quotes that, uh, forget which pro athlete it was, but they said that um, running is about winning, but winning doesn't necessarily come from a race because most of the times you go out and run, is it's not a race but you can still win. You can win every day that you choose to run to your full potential. Mm -hmm. That's a win. Yeah. Somebody um, in our tribe, one of our runners in our Real Life Runner uh, Facebook group, posted this week she had run a half marathon last weekend, and she said that her little... Her little guys keep asking, Mommy, did you win your race? Did you win your half marathon? And she and she said no. And I said, No, the answer is yes. yes like I did. mommy definitely won. Like she didn't cross the line first, but she won the race. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that's really what it's all about is that as real life runners, we are running our lives and we're using our lives to help our running. So it's all just one big happy circle of love and life. And maybe I should start singing the lion king now all right kevin just decided to leave me laughing so <laughs> it's a circle of life i was <laughs> i was gonna break into just giant song at this point but I, nobody wants that nobody wants that at all <laughs> we need people to still listen to the podcast it's time for our runner of the week yes all right so this week we are highlighting an amazing runner from south florida who actually lives in South Florida now, but hails from Switzerland. And she just completed the New York City Marathon for the first time, and she crushed it. She did awesome. Um, ran it in 4.02. And she started – she's got an amazing story. She actually just started running a couple of years ago and has already accomplished some amazing things. So she – was the classic story of someone that didn't think that they could run. She was sitting at a Starbucks one day and saw a guy in running clothes and said, oh, I wish I could do that. And he basically said, you can. Um, and, you know, the rest is history, basically. Like, she started running, like, a couple days later, and she hasn't stopped since. And she just completed her third world major. Yep. And she has the goal to go on to get all six stars um, become a six-star marathon runner, which is amazing, all the all of the world majors. She's got the Tokyo Marathon coming up in the spring, yeah. um, and she's just rocking life right now. And, and Berlin next year also? Uh, Berlin next year, I think, yes. Uh, yeah, I know she's doing Tokyo in the spring, and I think Berlin in the fall maybe. Um, so, yeah, she's just rocking it, and she is such an inspiration to all of us. So this runner, this week's runner of the week is Chris Hilty. Congratulations. Woohoo! There it is. Um, so we are so happy that you are a part of the tribe and that you inspire us every day with your posts and your consistency and your commitment. I mean, this, this lady, she does it all. Um, and she does it all with a beautiful smile on her face. And so thank you for everything that you contribute to the tribe. We appreciate you and congratulations on being runner of the week. 
So that about wraps it up for us this week. Like we said, if you are interested in being um, in signing up for our waiting list for our new Real Life Runners Training Academy, you can go over to the website, realliferunners.com and put in your name and your email address so that you will be the first to be notified when that program opens up next week. Because like we said, we're only taking 20 members. So make sure you get yourselves on the waiting list if you're interested in that. And as always, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. We appreciate you. We appreciate you spending this time with us for listening to us and all of our goofiness. And this has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 113. Now get out there and run your life.